Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. This is kind of a simplified version without going into all of the all of the details of the book of Revelation, which by the way, in the book of Revelation, it says in the very beginning, uh, the, the, the apostle John, the beloved one, is writing and saying that those who read this book should be blessed. I had a pastor tell me one time, don't read the book of Revelation, nobody really understands it. Well, but yeah. it says. That's, that's robbing. That's robbing a believer yeah. of their of a blessing and inheritance of the Lord. That's right. And so I've read it over and over and over, and so is Matthew. And we're really supposed to meditate on it as well. So there should be visible evidence for those who are watching. And the leadership of his church, it says in uh, Matthew chapter 24, that the leadership of the church, the wise servants, should be telling God's people about this season of the fig tree, which means the season where you begin to see Israel bloom, right? We should be telling them about the season so that they're ready and getting oil in their lamps. So there should be an urgency right now with God's people saying it's time to kick the car into overdrive and begin to really uh, order my days so that I'm prepared in the time of shaking. Absolutely. All right. So Matthew's going to give us, uh, or Matthew gave us a brief summary on the message um, from April 19th. He preached on the urgency of the hour about the signs of the times and the end of the age. I, I encourage you to go get that and listen to that as well. These events will be much easier to bear for all of us. And here's the key. We as a generation have to have an eternal perspective. We can't hold on to the things of the earth, but we have to see our lives based on our eternal life. Mm -hmm. We cannot love our lives unto death, but we have to say, oh man, I can't wait for the millennial reign and begin to invest ourselves in that place. There's another age that we're all going to actively be engaged in. Right. We are eternal beings living a temporal, in a temporal age that will pass away. We are eternal beings that are living in this temporary situation, but our eternal life is on the other side where there's no sickness, no disease, no sadness, only joy and love in its highest form. It's going to be a lot easier to fulfill our purpose and call in yeah, God with all of that Yeah, and we're not going to have to ride on an airplane. Can I get an amen? You're like, I think I want to go to Israel. Bam, I'm there. That's what I call first class. <laughs> All right, so understanding where we are and how to respond rightly is really where we want to be um, and how to stand in the day of shaking. Um, one of the things that John has always told uh, our children, um, he's always taught them, is that you, you don't wait until you're in a situation where you have a choice to be honest or dishonest, you decide way beforehand who you're going to be. So when the opportunity presents itself to be dishonest, you're already established as an honest person. And so it's the same with where we are today. We're going to have to make a decision now that we will stand in the days of shaking. 
And you have to get that solid in who you are and who your family is. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it'd be helpful. We'll, you know, come back to this if we have time at the end. But in, that I talk about in the series I did in April, that we're coming from the perspective that the church is going to be here during the Great Tribulation. That there's a great shaking coming, and we're going to be here during that. Yeah. And so as our job as pastors is to anchor the sheep, the body of Christ, the living members of God, um, to stand firm in that day. Mm-hmm. Okay? And that's our responsibility before the Lord. And so that's, that's our heart today. Equip you to stand firm in the shaking that's here and that's coming in the days ahead. Very good. All right, so here's some of the things that uh, we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about the things that are going to help us be anchored and prepared. We're going to be talking about um, the characteristics of the Antichrist. Yay! We're going to be talking about the characteristic of the mark of the beast. We're going to be talking about signs in the Middle East, um, the kings of the earth, harlot Babylon, lawlessness, and then the rapture. All right, so everybody strap on your seatbelt and put your helmet on. (laughs) All right, so Matthew. Tracy. Can you tell us the seven things that will help us to be anchored and prepared in the days to come? Yes, yeah, seven things I think are going to help us as the body of Christ be anchored and prepared to stand firm in the shaking. The first one really is understanding the reality of the judgment seat of Christ. Every person in this room is going to stand before Jesus, and he will judge the nations. Every single person individually will stand before the judgment seat of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3 talks about this, and knowing this radically affects the way we live our lives. You know, because there's shaking that's coming surrounded to the events related to the Lord's return. So with the Antichrist, the Mark of the Beast, all that, and we want to prepare you for that, but we want to prepare you to stand before God. And if you have a reality that I'm going to stand before God and give an account for how I spent my time, my money, my affections, it will radically shift the way you invest on this side of eternity. Really, there is, a, there is the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Absolutely. And what do I do? You start right. with the fear of the Lord. Yeah. I'm going to obey God. Yeah. Awesome. Secondly is having an eternal perspective. And we've already briefly touched on this. But um, this... This is the temporal age that we're in right now. We've got a whole eternity beyond this, you know, and it's so if we are gaining that perspective, that's, that's what Jesus is trying to do in the Gospels and in the book of Revelation. He's telling his disciples, look, you're going to sit with me on thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. And he, in the context of that passage in the Gospel of Luke, um, is that he, he's saying, look, you don't have to be jealous and step on other people to get to the calling that you have in God on this side. If you will embrace humility, meekness, and love, this is your inheritance here on the, on the other side. And so Jesus in, in the book of Revelation is saying, to him who overcomes, to him who overcomes, um, this is what you will inherit. Uh, 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 the, you will sit with me on my throne as I overcame and sat down on my father's throne. And so when we get this reality that we are kings and priests to our God forever, we can let go of those things on this side that seem, we can embrace, we can endure hardship knowing that it's producing an eternal weight of glory. Right. And, and keep in mind that when he says hardship, we're not talking about a long period of time. Like it's going to be shaking, but not for a long period of time. It says in the Bible that, that, he, that God has shortened the days on behalf of his saints and the elect. Right, right. 
That's number four. We're going to step oh, back sorry. to number three. <laughs> number three is um, knowledge of what to watch for, for the shakings that Jesus talked about. Matthew 24 and 25. He, uh, when his disciples asked him, what are the signs of these things in the, of your coming and of the end of the age? That's what they asked him in Matthew 24. Jesus did not say, don't worry about it. I'm with you. When you get there, I'll tell you when you get there. And it will be fine. Just kind of enjoy worship service. Listen to a cool, few cool podcasts, and you're going to be fine. No, he spent two chapters. The longest, um, uh, second longest discourse in the Gospels is Matthew 24 and 25, where Jesus is answering that question, saying, here's what to watch for in the world. Here's what to watch for in the church. Here's what to watch for in the Middle East, and here's what to watch for in the sky. And when you see all of these things, just like the fig tree ripens, you know that summer is near. When yep. you see all of these things, you know that the, he is at the door. Yeah, and he says in Matthew 25 that there are going to be sheep and goat nations. In other words, there are going to be those that hear his voice, and there are going to be those that do not. And so those that hear his voice and obey him, and, obey obey him and follow him and do as he says, you are going to be, this is going to be your greatest hour. It's going to be game on, and we're going to be doing the fun stuff. So it's going to be the most terrible time, but it's going to be the most glorious time. Absolutely. Amen. And we want to partner with him. We want to know that because Matthew 24 and 25 is not only bad stuff. It's the church taking the gospel to all the nations. All the nations. So we want to partner with that. Yeah. Um, fourthly uh, is the length of the great tribulation. So Jesus talks about the beginning of sorrows, the beginning of trouble in Matthew 24. Wars, rumors of wars, famines, earthquakes, nation rising against nation and kingdom against kingdom. Um, we've been seeing that all throughout history, the past 2,000 years. But Jesus said, this is just the beginning of sorrows. And it's going to start to shift and it's going to intensify. Um, and when it gets really intense, when it starts talking about the Antichrist and the abomination of desolations, it's, it's the temperature is going up, guys. And we've got to be ready. But the good news is it's a short length of time. The Bible actually gives us multiple times that it's going to be a three-and-a-half-year period of really intense times. Now, um, mm -hmm. Matthew, what are some of the books that you would recommend that people like really dive into right now to become more aware of this? Right. You always want to, you want Matthew 24 and 25. I always tell people start there. I mean, this is the words of Jesus. All red letters are going to be talking about what to watch for, what's going to happen, and in specific instructions that he gives. Don't fear. Endure to the end. Flee to the mountains, look up, you know, like. Right, and one of the primary things when he's talking about the talents and sowing Absolutely. the talents, he said that in the, the, the evil servant that did not sow the talent, well, he hid the talent. And he said, because I, I knew you to be a fearful man, a, a, a hard ma taskmaster. He, and he was like, you don't even know who I am. Right. Those that know their God will know how exciting it is that what's about to transpire and they will be able to sow rightly in order to receive an inheritance because this is your inheritance that you'll have for all of eternity on the other side. Absolutely. Matthew 24 and 25, First and Second Thessalonians. There's actually a lot of information in First and Second Thessalonians about this. Paul was not in the church in Thessalonica for that much time, just a few weeks. And First and Second, he's writing them letters later to saying, 
Remember when I was there for like three weeks and we talked about all these things? And he just starts reminding them of, of what's going to come. And he talks about the falling away, talks about the Antichrist, and he tells them how to respond during it. Um, and of course, the book of Revelation. Um, I just last year, I did a, I, we did like an eight part series on Thursdays on Revelation. We go over the end times and encounter Jesus school. Um, but just uh, when I first start getting in book of Revelation, uh, I mean, I just read it over and over and over and over again. And I actually, I meant to bring up here, um, but uh, um, didn't, is a book of Revelation study guide by Mike Bickle. I really think that is the best roadmap and, uh, to the book of Revelation that's out there. Um, and it's very accessible. It's very available. In fact, they've you can like get it on your phone. So anyway, I just, those are, those are some good places to start. The book of Daniel. Mm -hmm. In book fact, the Daniel. Lord has had me in the book of Daniel. Fascinating book. It's not long, but yet very telling about what it is to Absolutely. live in the midst of, of shaking and incredible persecution and how to really soar. Absolutely. Absolutely. He had three Kings that agreed that God was, that, he, that Daniel's God was the God of the whole universe. Yeah, three pagan Kings three pagan in Daniel's kings. lifetime acknowledged the God of Israel. Now that's, that's so, what I call an mm -hmm. inheritance and yeah. that's who I want to be. Right, right. Um, the fifth thing that will anchor us is um, choosing today and every day um, to love the truth. We're going to be lovers of the truth and to, and to love the, understand God's nature and reason behind the shaking. Okay, so that's, and that, that's all related there. Second um, Thessalonians, and they took pleasure in unrighteousness. Those two things, if you refuse to love the truth, if you reject the love of the truth and you take pleasure in unrighteousness, I'm, taking, I'm talking like in your daily life and what's happening in your, in your family, in your nation, a toleration of evil, a toleration of Jezebel spirit um, in, in, in the nation, in the church today. Um, if we take that posture, we are, um, our conscience is being seared and affected by that. And, um, but those who say, I'm going to love the truth, God... Even if this truth hurts, even if it has a cost involved to friends or family or promotion or whatever, I'm going to do it. And God's going to anchor you. But also just um, God, he's shaking everything that can be shaken. Um, we've heard this a lot from prophetic voices over the past few months. And I think that's exactly what God is saying right now. I'm shaking everything that can be shaken so that only that which is unshakable can remain. And so this is, this is like, okay, Lord, he's given us a little test runs right now mm -hmm. of how hard, I don't know, uh, just the other day, like, um, my power went out for like one afternoon, you know, and just like how debilitating it is. <laughs> like when you're, you're just like, I can't work. I work on, you know, everything. It was just like, okay, Lord, like when things get crazy, you know, how are we going to live? Well, and I, I, you know, I love that he, he tells us beforehand, this is my methodology. This is the way, because he knows how he made us. He knows what it's going to take to get people to be loosed from the yes. culture of Absolutely. the age, which is Babylon, and begin to receive him. And his heart is that the most people at the end of the age would come into his kingdom and right. be saved and live for all eternity with him. His, he is a God of love, and his motivation is to bring us to the greatest measure of love in, as he's transitioning us from one age into the, the final age. Right, right. And so, you know, 
folks ask, like, is God causing these things? Is God doing, is it the devil? Is it, what is it, what's going on here? There really is a mix. God's judgments are released in the earth. Um, true and righteous of your judgment are your judgments, O king of the nations. Now, where have we Revelation seen that 16. before in the Bible? Where We've seen it in the, the book of Exodus. Right. We see God judging um, a, um, a prototype of the Antichrist, an Antichrist type of regime in Egypt, and God was releasing judgment. Yeah. Um, God judged his own people, Israel, all throughout the Old Testament. Yeah. Um, in the New Testament, um, Jesus prophesied over Jerusalem. He said, I long to gather you as a hen gathers her chicks, but you were unwilling. Your city is going to be left to you desolate. Right, which so, again, you can go. You can go back to Egypt, and you can look at what was happening there. Mm. Well, there wasn't a whole lot of shaking going on in Goshen, where God's people were, and there are going to be Goshen's cities of refuge that God is raising up, and people who are going to be refuge for those that are around them. Absolutely. So there's going to be a lot of shaking, but again. He's going to shake everything that can be shaken, which is why now we have to be the unshakable kingdom and be unshakable people so that when the shakings happen, we are, we are resolute in who we are and what we're bringing for the people around us. Right, right. So, I mean, God's involved. The enemy's involved. The enemy's raging. Mankind's sin is ripening. And I mean, and, and the earth is groaning and longing for the sons of God to be revealed. But what's God doing this? His, I love Mike Bickle's quote. Jesus is using the least severe means mm-hmm. to bring in the greatest number of people right. at the deepest level of love without violating their free will. He's giving them opportunities to repent. And even in the days of Egypt, some of the Egyptians left Egypt and went with Israel. There's an inheritance of people coming out of darkness. Yeah with the people of God into the promised land as a result of these shakings. Um, Sixth thing that's going to anchor us is to hear and obey the words of Christ. I mean, it's just the main and plain. It's like, what does a Sermon on the Mount tell me about how to live my life according to the kingdom of God? Jesus says, if anyone listens to these words of mine and does them, that's the next part. (laughs) It's really important. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, He will be like a a wise man who built his his house on a solid foundation. When the storms came, that house stood. But those that don't, those who either don't listen to the words of Jesus or don't do what Jesus says, right there, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, New Testament. Those that do not do these things, when that shaking comes, the house is going to fall. And I don't care how big your house is. I mean, I mean physically and metaphorically. Or how much money you have. Or how much money you have. You will fall. Zephaniah 3 is really clear. Your gold and your silver will not save you in that day. Right. Hearing on obeying the words of Christ will. And finally, a revelation that grace is going to be released amongst, upon those who choose to stand. Everything, all those other things we've already said, um, that if you anchor yourselves in those things by the grace of God, he's going to release grace over you. Jesus says in Matthew 24, 13, those who endure to the end will be saved. Like, you're going to make it, okay? Um, Revelation 14, here is the perseverance of the saints, uh, those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. A grace of perseverance is going to be poured out Mm -hmm. over those who will hear and obey the words of Christ. Yeah, so we're going to be participating in the former and the latter rain that's going to be poured out on our generation. And so it's going to be like, we're going to feel a super empowerment to stand. And it's like, wow, this stuff isn't phasing me. It's so weird. Like, I'm not fearful, but I just feel empowered 
to, and I feel like I'm getting downloads from the Lord, and, and I feel like I can, I can take that mountain. So that, those are the things that are going to be happening to us as we stand. Absolutely. Shall we move on? To- yes. All right. So, um, Matthew, can you tell us five <laughs> biblical characteristics of the Antichrist? Yes. Okay. So... There are a lot of... So you know who he is yeah, when he I shows mean, up. <laughs> you, there's always, there's been lots of websites. It's on like, who don't is the follow that guy. Yeah, exactly. Um, 2 Thessalonians 2 and Revelation 13 are really the anchor scriptures for what the Antichrist is going to be like. Um, and what 2 Thessalonians 2 is clear is that in Revelation 13 is that he is going to institute, um, he's, he desires the worship of the nations. So there will be an end time satanic worship movement. I mean, to just get people to worship outright Satan. Um, Daniel, we're seeing a little of this right now. Like the, the, the curtain is being pulled back and we're all like, our mouths are all hanging open going, what in the world is happening? It's it's been the underbelly. Why are these people (laughs) just out in the street declaring their worship to Satan? Absolutely. Yeah. It's crazy. So um, he's going to want to be personally worshipped, um, and he is going to be fully demonized, 100%. Doesn't want to repent, won't repent, and will uh, try to get people to engage in satanic worship. Um, secondly, there's going to be a violent persecution of the saints in Israel. Sorry. Um, that's part of it. Jesus said, the love of many will grow cold. Um, brother will betray brother. There will be persecution. Revelation 13 says it was given to him, this beast of Revelation 13, to make war over the saints and to overcome them for 42 months, three and a half year period. Um, that, um, again, that time period is really important. So when this man comes up and he starts doing a worldwide persecution of Christians mm-hmm. um, who refuse to worship Satan, that's, that's, that's the key part. Um, and and, and it, will, it will be a scourge against Israel as well. Um, yeah. You can set your timer. Mm-hmm. When that starts getting instituted, it's like, it's really intense, but we're out of here in three and a half years, praise God. Right. Um, so, no, really. Um, I mean, mark your calendars, yeah, you know. No. And I mean, persecution's happening. The Hebrew calendar, by the way. Right, right, right. Yeah, 42 months on a Hebrew calendar. Um, is, is three and a half years. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Revelation 13 says this. Revelation 11 says this. Um, Daniel um, 11 and 12 talk about this time period. Revelation 12. I mean, it's just multiple times um, that it gives the days, the months, and the years um, that will be involved. Um, thirdly is that he's going to have a false prophet with him that's going to work signs and wonders. Um, both of them are going to operate in, in demonic miracles. Okay, 2 Thessalonians 2, Revelation 13, again, says it. This guy's going to be called down fire from heaven. Okay, and um, I mean, this is, this is real stuff here. The, the occult and um, satanic witchcraft is, is, is going to heighten in the days to come. Now, it does also say, doesn't it also say that he's going to have a head wound? Yes, it talks about the beast being wounded. Okay. And that he is going to seem to have some kind of fatal, fatal wound, but he's going to recover from it. And so there's going to be a miraculous um, recovery um, from an apparent death. And it's, it's a sort of mock crucifixion and resurrection is what's happening here. Um, so, fourthly, he's going to institute the mark of the beast. Okay, when that mark comes out, it's like we're in it. Okay, without a shadow of a doubt, whatever the speculation is, when that mark of the beast comes, 
it's going to um, it's going to come. And then and so we'll now it doesn't mm -hmm. necessarily say that he will be a political figure. He could be also uh, like one of the kings of the earth, right? Not not necessarily in politics, but he could be a king of the earth. Is that true or false? I believe he will be a political leader of of uh, that will rise to power and just similar to like we saw um, with Roman emperors. I mean, they were they were political leaders, but they gained all of this influence and territory over other nations. Same with the Greek Empire, Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, that whole history, for all you history people, I mean, they, he's prophesied in the Bible before he comes that he was going to rise to power. Like, his rise and fall is prophesied in the book of Daniel. And I mean, it just, it, and I mean, the Greek Empire was like nothing before him. And then they just took over all this territory. So I think it's going to happen Quickly. similar to that. Um, the fifth one, this is a little... Um, Open for interpretation. This is kind of my view. Micah 5 talks about the, the Assyrian. So people are like, is it going to be European? Is it going to be, you know, from this country, this nation, whatever. Um, Micah 5 is an interesting verse because it talks about this, uh, this Assyrian. My personal opinion based on this scripture is that this is going to be, um, this is going to rise out of the Middle East. Um, I think that just the Middle East is always the epicenter of uh, biblical prophecy. Um, and so I think we're going to see him rise out of there. It's going to have influence in Europe and across, but I think we're going to see um, a guy of Middle Eastern descent okay. come up. The Antichrist, yes. Yeah. All right, so moving on, uh, can you tell us four biblical characteristics of the mark of the beast? Oh, by the way, before you continue, we are going to have a little Q&A afterwards if you guys, if we still haven't hit everything that you need to hear. Um, in order to be informed, so you can come up and ask questions afterwards. Yeah. So, Matthew, what are the four biblical characteristics of the mark of the beast? Yeah, this is a great question because a lot of people are speculating, what was this going to look like? Is this, uh, when I, I used to work at Kroger, that was my first job, and, um, and they had the, the Kroger was the first grocery store, I believe, to come out with the Kroger Plus cards. And uh, my older cousin, he was just like, man, when we release this thing, everyone, people came in just like, this is the mark of the beast, whatever. Um, and people thought the Kroger Plus card was the mark of the beast. I mean, we laugh, but it, like, it actually kind of is in a way setting the stage for it, um, I will say. But it's not. Your Kroger Plus card is not the mark of the beast. Um, people, people ask that about chips, about vaccines, all of these things. And these are good questions. But let's look back at the Bible. Let's get out of speculation and get biblical. So the first biblical marker of this is the mark of the beast, the first feature is a physical feature. The Bible talks about in Revelation 13, it will be a mark on the forehead and on the hand. Um, that's just, that's from the Bible. Is it and or or? It says or. 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 Okay. Um, One of the So other. I guess you get options. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> stamp me here or stamp me yeah, here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. It does mention the number 666. It's a little unclear, I think, from Revelation how exactly, I mean, is it literally going to be the right, you know, tattoo on my hand 666? I don't know. I do think it will be a physical mark related to 666 on the hand and on the forehead. So there, right. there, it is a physical mark is the point. And the other point is that, again, he said it. So therefore, those that are watching are going to be aware saying, oh, no, we can't do that. We can't mm -hmm. take that. Right. Now, is this going to be implanted? It may, maybe. But it will be, it'll be something physical on in the hand, the head. Um, secondly, it has economic features. Okay. You will not be able to buy or sell without this thing. This will be mandated, government mandated. Um, 
If you do not have this mark on your right hand or on your forehead, um, you will not be able to buy or sell. I mean, this is going to create a lot of fear with people. Um, people with kids, people low income, whatever it is. It's, this is why it's important to start trusting God now mm-hmm. for provision. Um, right. And this is really where things will separate. You'll mm-hmm. see the, the sheep and the goats being separated with this, I believe. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, thirdly, and this is extremely important because it helps narrow, we're, we're narrowing it down <laughs> with every one of these features. Um, the next feature that narrows it down even more are the, the spiritual features. This mark will be a sign of, of devotion and worship to the Antichrist. Okay, this is, this is not just, I accidentally woke up one day and had a mark on my hand. Um, this is a, it's, it's going to be mandated um, by the Antichrist government, um, but it is going to be something that it signifies the worship of the Antichrist. Of the Antichrist system. So you're saying, I'm going to put my trust in man or this person or this system to provide for me over the trust of God to provide for me. That's why it's so important to learn how to operate in the ways of the kingdom. Because when it comes time and somebody says, you can't buy or sell, and you're like, it's okay. I got this. I know the man who's going to take care of me. I know the one that I trust. I trust Jesus over the finances of man. Absolutely, absolutely. And I do think it will, it, it will apply to all of that, but I do think it will also be a, just a real narrow... I mean, with Roman emperors, they would institute sacrifices in the Roman Empire. They would require the Christian community... Right, like to in offer, the book of Daniel. To, yeah, 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 to offer sacrifices to the emperor. So it was a clear act of spiritual worship directed yeah. to... Um, to the bad guy, to the emperor. Um, and then fifthly, or fourthly, what are we on, four? Four. Um, the consequential features of this. There's going to be, uh, we've already talked about some, but there's those that, uh, there will be uh, uh, temporal consequences and eternal consequences related to this mark. Temporal consequences are those that do not receive the mark uh, will be sentenced to death. The government will just start executing people left and right. Um, who do not take this mark, you will be killed. Um, the eternal consequences are for those who do take it will suffer the second death. They will go to the lake of fire. And Revelation 14 is so urgent about this that you have an angel shouting across the nations, if anyone takes the mark of the beast and worship his, worships the beast or his image, he will be thrown and cast into the lake of fire, which burns with sulfur. And they will be tormented day and night, and the smoke of their torment will rise up forever. Now, one of the things that a lot of people say, well, we won't even be here for that. But it says in Revelation 14, verse 12, here's the patience of the saints when they're talking about the mark right. of the beast. He's, it says, here is the patience of the saints... Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. He's responding and he's saying that those who don't take the mark of the beats are these people. Mm-hmm. So the saints will be on the earth when the mark of the beast is being offered. Right. So again, um, we have eternity to look forward to. And, you know, I'm just like you know, where's my ticket out? I want to go ahead and get on with the getting on. So I'm not worried about that. We, we cannot fear death. Right. Absolutely. And I mean, just every persecution throughout church history, the church has been here. 
And we just had one of our uh, sister Wesson, if she's in here right now. Uh, yes, she's from Ethiopia. I, I really like want to hear your story. I mean, we got a little snippet of it in GrowTrack. Um, she's uh, from Ethiopia, and she was there as a persecution was breaking out in Ethiopia. And I mean, denominational boundaries just like went out the window. It was like wherever you could worship and not get arrested, we're going to go worship Jesus. And so, guys, this escapist mentality says, I don't have to think about this to worry about it because I'm not going to be here. Um, it's just, it's going to leave the church so ser- seriously unprepared. But again, mm-hmm. you're going to be empowered. Exactly. With grace. Right. And to, to make the right choice if you're watching and abiding. Right. And so, Wesson, you've got to talk to her after service. The, she grew up in a Signs and Wonders Miracles. Like the more they, she was telling this morning, the more they persecuted, the more people got saved. It's like I grew up in miracles. I mean, that's what we can expect yeah. in the days to come. Amen. So ID 2020, um, again, you've got this, you've got the technology is already there for the mark of the beast. It's already there. It's already been prepared. The kings of the earth are already, they have a plan, you know. Of course, in Psalm 2, we know that God's laughing at the plans of the kings of the earth. But still, you know, it's already in the works and it's already there. So we know, again, we're in the generation of these things coming. But um, God provided for Israel in the land of Goshen and he'll do it again for us. Absolutely. All right. So you want to talk about the Middle East signs? Yeah. So let's let's hit these real fast. Okay. So um, important things that are the Bible talks about are going to happen in the Middle East um, before the return of the Lord. Um, Daniel 9 and Isaiah 28 talk about a peace agreement between Israel and surrounding nations. Um, now, we've seen this. We've seen a recent peace agreement, um, and there's mixed feelings about it. Um, but um, but this, uh, uh, the Antichrist is going to make a specific covenant. I don't think what we saw was that covenant. But there will be a peace agreement that the Antichrist makes in order to gain fame and promotion, but that he's going to break it. Mm-hmm. Entirely. Um, um, let me look at my now, notes. Not only do we have two nations that have signed a peace agreement right now, but we, I heard uh, kind of behind the scenes that there are another six lined up. And so the nations are lining up to make peace with Israel right now. So again, right. you have to pay attention. You have to go, hmm? what? Right. And right. then look at the dynamics of these peace agreements and, and pay attention to what you're seeing in the signs of the Middle East. Absolutely. And um, a bigger thing that's happened just in, this, in these last two generations, I guess now, or, or long, one long generation, if you want to look at it that way, in the past hundred years, is it the regathering of the Jewish people into the land of Israel. Right. I mean, that is, that is a massive sign. Ezekiel 30, um, 37, 38, 39, they talk about these things. That God's going to regather Israel into the land, and he's going to pour out his spirit on them. So there's a physical regathering and a um, massive outbreak of conversions amongst mm-hmm. the Jewish people. And we've begun to see this. Um, I encourage you to follow a ministry called One for Israel. I mean, they are on the front, front lines just winning people um, to the Lord, and it just, just is incredible. So we've seen just this explosion of Jewish people coming to call on the name of Jesus as their Lord and Messiah. So that's a huge massive, in my opinion, that's the most massive sign 
Right, and the other same. is really the, that you have the Christian people now having a desire to begin to practice the feasts. So the, the Christians are actually going back to the original design, which is Jesus is Jewish, and he instituted and continued to operate in the, the Jewish feasts, and so did the apostles after he went to the cross. And so the church coming back into that rhythm, the rhythms of God, is actually another sign that, and I believe, and many believe, that this will, is what will cause the Jews to be jealous for, for the Messiah Absolutely. that we worship. Absolutely. Um, but the Bible also talks about a, a temple, that the Antichrist is going to stand in a temple and claim to be God. Second um, Thessalonians 2, uh, Revelation 11 talks about a temple. Um, and so I believe we're going to see a rebuilt temple in the land. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's, I mean, the things are in, in place for it to happen. I mean, I'm talking about the objects are made, um, Temple Mount Institute, if you want more information on that. Yeah. I mean, there, we, when we start seeing that thing go up, I don't know how long it will be, but that is a massive sign. Yeah. Um, and then finally, just this persecution of Israel. Um, there is going to be another great persecution, specifically targeting um, Israel and the Jewish people um, before the Lord's return. And I believe that uh, this, what we saw under the regime of Adolf Hitler, um, it's, it's going to be like that on, even, on an even greater scale. Now, also, the Antichrist will stand in the third temple and declare himself to be God. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, part of that third temple is Antichrist says, I'm God, worship me, institutes the mark of the beast. We know we're there. Okay. Let's talk about lawlessness, kings of the earth, and harlot Babylon. Man, we're, like, talking about all of the exciting stuff today, I know, aren't we? Right? <laughs> yeah. So Jesus talked about lawlessness increasing in the last days. Um, that First uh, uh, Timothy chapter four talks about this too. Second um, Timothy chapter four that um, people will uh, that they'll have their they'll they'll fall away from the faith um, and they'll have their consciences seared with a hot iron. Um, they will engage in various actions of immorality, of of of, of rebellion, um, um, forbidding marriage, um, all types of these things. Um, but it, it, it's um, I just even in these past few months, which is kind of rioting and, and mob, I mean, just stuff going on. This has happened throughout history in various nations. But I was just like, this is a little picture of what it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I'd never imagined it, honestly, this is me personally, of, of people proposing to defund the police departments. I mean, what kind of lawlessness is going to spread as a result right. of that? And when you mm-hmm. see things happening on a global basis, not just, not just in, local. in one mm-hmm. nation, you know something's up. You have to pay attention to that because it's global. Right. And it's not just, oh, hey, uh, this is a global pandemic. Well, I don't know about y'all, but I kind of laugh now at the, the, that word pandemic because I'm like, if this is a pandemic, you've got to be kidding me here. Not that people haven't died, not that it's not a real virus, but a pandemic is something where you have millions and millions of people that die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, did I miss Kings any? of the earth. The kings of the earth. So, Revelation 17 and 18 talk about this, this harlot Babylon, um, that she is going to, and it's, I believe this is a, a it, it talks about it's a city. It's going to be a city, a power base that the Antichrist is going to use, and that the kings of the earth are going to get really wealthy from this um, harlot Babylon, from this, from this demonic 
power base of the Antichrist. Um, and it's, 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 she's going to have a golden cup. It's going it's to have this sense of, 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 of wealth and of servanthood, of, of humanitarian aid, but it's going to be full of abominations and, 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 and um, um, all kinds of immorality and demonic worship is going to so spread through So it's basically social justice. It's a false that, social justice it's a, movement. Well, it's a, it, mm-hmm. there's biblical justice mm-hmm. and then there's social justice. Okay, social justice is without God. So within it, you've got all kind. it's fueled by the Antichrist system. But then you have biblical justice that brings God into the situation and Jesus right in the middle of it where there's signs and wonders and miracles where the kingdom is being blessed and the, and the kingdom is being advanced. Absolutely. So there's two different kinds of justices here. Yeah. And the, the thing about the kings of the earth is that the kings of the earth will be seen in the earth, and I believe that we're seeing them now, they do not have a kingdom. They don't have a nation. They're not kings over a nation, but they're, they're very, very wealthy people. And right now we're looking at some of the most, the wealthiest people have been in the history of all mankind, where they, these people have billions and trillions of dollars, which is more than most nation states have. And so they are able right. to manipulate and control based on their money. Their money and their wealth. And so the, uh, it says that the Antichrist is going to have a coalition of 10 of these kings. It says they have no kingdom as of yet. So yeah. as Tracy said, they are, they are, they're not in power presently. But they are in, in, in one hour. I mean, it's just going to be like this. all of these 10 kings are now kings and empowered with incredible amounts of authority. They will fully align with the Antichrist. Um, and they will, they will be the main power bases throughout the earth yeah. of the Antichrist. And they will make war mm-hmm. with the Lamb and mm-hmm. his faithful. Yeah. But it says, but God has put it in their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind, so all these kings will be of one mind, and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. But they will not, they will not succeed, and the saints of God will succeed. Right, right. The point is... We've talked a lot about the negative signs. Again, I want to remind us just how we talked, how do we be anchored in that? And that we can be, that grace is going to be released over the people of God. And this will truly be our finest hour. Yeah. Um, as darkness spreads, that the light of God's glory is going to shine on his people. And so this is, this is, this is a bit of a wake-up call today. It's like, oh, this is kind of heavy. But the, the desire here is for some sobriety. And to say, Lord, how can I position my life, my family, my friends to stand firm as these shakings come? Right. So um, within that, there's also going to be a one world order or a one world government. Yeah. Yeah. This the Antichrist and these, these ten nations, this ten nation confederation. Right. Is um. They want everybody playing by the their rules. They mm-hmm. want to be in control. Top ten families, that kind of thing. All right. And there's also going to be a falling away. Yeah. So um, Paul says the two primary signs where you know that the day of the Lord is at the door is he says the falling away must come first and the man of sin must be revealed. The man of sin is the Antichrist. We just talked about it, 2 Thessalonians 2. But the falling away, Jesus said to you, the love of many will grow cold, brother will betray brother, um, um, and it, it is... Um, this is a great falling away in the church. In the church. Um, the, the Bible says they will depart from the faith. Okay? 
Um, and now I that's mean, happening at the same time where there's also a great ingathering. Yeah. So it's interesting because you're going to have signs and wonders and miracles that are going to be exploding the voice of the Lord, the prophetic, all of this. And then you're going to have those in the church that are going to reject all of that. And the shakings are actually going to cause them to begin to get into fear and begin to have more of a liberal doctrine or a liberal theology. Right. So homosexuality is okay. Same-sex marriage is okay. Mm -hmm. Abortion is okay. Mm -hmm. Following getting mm -hmm. the mark of the beast is okay. Right, right. And so there's going to, the, they will separate these two and you'll have those that are the fundamentalists who are saying, no, you know, we are standing on the word of God and we're holding on to his word and the truth, loving mm -hmm. the truth. And the right. others are going to say, you know, let's just go over here into this gray area. Right, right. Yeah, I, my, my belief is that a big reason we've seen just lawlessness increase in the world is because we've seen an increase in the church. We've seen the church embrace and tolerate Jezebel. Jesus yeah. is serious about this in Revelation. Because you did not handle this church, I'm going to. And I mean, and um, Jesus said, I am going to throw her on a bed of sickness and I will kill her children with death. Yeah. I mean, this is, an, this is the God with the eyes of fire here, folks. Yeah. Um, what is he doing? He's purifying his bride. Because if we, if we are purging our own hearts of agreement with darkness um, and choosing to love the truth, we're going to stand in this day. Yeah. But there are those that are, are rejecting the love of truth in the church that when this government, this Antichrist government starts requiring mandated mark of the beast, um, it's gonna, the, God's handing those that reject the love of the truth over to a, to a spirit of delusion, Second right. Thessalonians 2. I mean, Barna did a study a couple of years ago, and uh, Lindsay Hatch was talking about this, that only 17% of the church actually believe in the word of God. And what the word of God says, 17%. I mean, it's just incredible, but you can, you can believe that because you can see the culture that we're living in. The culture is, is, the church is directly responsible for the way that the culture goes, not the other way around. Right, right. Yeah. So we're a, Okay, we have on one more to talk here. about. Okay. Um, the rapture. The rapture. <laughs> and it's not a dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a wrap. <laughs> it is not a dinosaur. <laughs> um, um, we do believe in a rapture here. I mean, the Bible talks about a rapture, First Thessalonians chapter 4. But uh, the majority of American evangelical Christianity affirms that the church is going to be raptured and caught up and taken out of this trouble before it gets to its maximum intensity. Now, I used to um, believe that. Mm-hmm. I was first saved, and I had only been saved a while, and I right. hadn't really read it's the so Bible. It's so common. It's so common. But I had watched the Left Behind series, and you know, and so I was being educated by Hollywood or you know Christian Hollywood, and so I was like, okay, well, this is crazy. Right, right. When I heard Mike Bickle talk about it, it actually made me mad. It made I started you mad. manifesting, yeah. and then <laughs> I, I went be here for the all Bible, this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's right. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, and I did, I, we talked about this um, in April as well, but that's, there is no explicit verse in the Bible that says the saints will be taken up before the tribulation. There's just not one. There's, some, there's a number of verses that seem to suggest that, but um, the, there is a verse that explicitly says that the gathering of the elect will happen 
after the tribulation. This is Matthew 24, 29 to 31. Immediately after the tribulation of those days, he goes on to list the signs in the heaven, and the Son of Man will appear. <laughs> the powers of the heavens will be shaken. The Son of Man will appear. Um, every eye will see him, and everyone will mourn, and then he will send his angels to the four corners of, of, of heaven to gather the elect. Gather and the so elect. It's, it's, and they're, those they're, that are in the grave will come out. Yeah, those are in the grave will come out. Yeah. And so 1 Thessalonians 4 um, talks about this catching away, but it, it mentions really nothing about 1 Thessalonians 4 is secret or suddenly. It, it's, it's Again, Paul in Thessalonians is saying, here's what has to happen before this occurs. Um, and then he says in 1 Thessalonians 4, there's going to be the Lord will descend. That's exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 24. The Son of Man will appear. Jesus will ascend. There will be a trumpet. That's exactly what he said in Matthew 24. Here's a trumpet. There will be a shout in the voice of an archangel. Exactly what he said in Matthew 24. And the dead in Christ will rise. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not going to be a secret event. This is, gonna, this is not spirits being taken up into heaven. This is bodies coming out of the grave and being caught up into heaven Think visibly. Every eye will see him. Every eye will witness this happen, and they will mourn. So this is going to be so obvious to the entire earth of the Lord's coming that they will see who it is. They will recognize that it's Jesus, and they will have a deep emotional response to it. These are the words of our Savior. So church, this is, a, this is Paul is saying, we are not sons of darkness, you are sons of light. So be prepared. It is not your inheritance to be taken as a thief in the night. If we are caught off guard from this, it's because we have not been watching. Jesus said, the thief in the night. Well, the Lord said he's going to come as a thief in the night. He comes as a thief to those that fail to watch. Watch, church, yeah. and you will be ready. Amen. All right, let's give, let's give Matthew a big old hand. So again, I want to repeat that. Um, here's what I want to do. Thank you all. I know it's been a long morning, but I want to, um, I want to do this because let's go ahead and stand because Matthew and I really want to pray over you, and I think it's time that we go ahead and make that declaration today about how we're going to respond in the shaking. Because if we decide now who we're going to be, then that means that when, when the shaking comes, there's, there's no opportunity for us to fall away because we've already decided for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. For me and my house, we shall honor the Lord. For me and my house, we will follow the voice of the Lord. Amen? Amen? All right, so Matthew, why don't you, can you lead us in that declaration that we will declare that we will stand, yeah. that we will watch and stand? Yeah, okay. So if you just want to surrender today and say, Jesus, I want to be one that loves the truth. I want to be one that obeys your command to yeah. watch and pray yeah. as these things are happening. I just, as an act of surrender, lift up your hands if that's you. I'm going to lead us in prayer, but you're welcome to just pray anything personal. that It needs in some way to come out of your own mouth. That Jesus, I choose today. Thank you, Lord. I choose today to be a lover of the truth. I choose today to be a lover of the truth. I choose today to stand firm. I choose today to stand firm. I choose to obey your command to watch and pray. I choose today to obey your command to watch Father, and pray. release grace over me today. Father, release grace over me today. To stand in the shaking. To stand in the shaking. And to stand before you. 
and to stand before you. When I face you on the judgment day. When I face you on the judgment day. Father, I want to be a lover of the truth in that day. Father, I want to be a lover of the truth in that day. Anoint my eyes to watch. Anoint my eyes to watch. Anoint me to pray. Anoint me to pray. And make me ready for your coming. Make me ready for your coming. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.